If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey there, we are back with another episode of the Leading Learning Podcast, specifically episode 42. And this time around, we're going to discuss what we consider to be one of the most important, most pressing issues facing providers of lifelong learning right now, and that's showing that your offerings are actually having an impact. Before we turn to that, though, we want to be sure to highlight our annual Leading Learning Symposium, which is an event designed specifically for senior leaders at organizations in the business of lifelong learning, continuing education, and professional development. We'll be holding this symposium in Baltimore again this year on October 24th and 25th, and we've really already got a great group coming together for it. So we hope you'll join us for that to find out more about what the symposium has to offer and uh, to see the great things that last year's attendees had to say about it, just visit the website for the event at symposium.leadinglearning.com. And we'd also like to thank Com Partners, makers of the Elevate Learning Platform, for being the sponsor for this episode of the Leading Learning Podcast. And you can find out more about Com Partners at compartners.com. But now let's turn to this uh, uh, issue of, of, of impact. And, um, you know, we had a lot of things kind of um, spark our, our thinking around this. I, I was, for instance, recently at a, a client site and uh, the, the person who was the, the chief technology officer there uh, asked, you know, to try to kind of cut to the chase and say, okay, we're trying to develop this new technology strategy, really a new learning strategy. I mean, what is the most important thing that we need to be worried about right now? And my response was really one word, impact. I just think that, that, that it's so critical right now for organizations that are offering lifelong learning to be able to demonstrate impact. So you had that exchange with the, the CTO. We've also been thinking about impact a lot um, recently because just uh, we just held a webinar on performance improvement, which in our minds is very much about uh, you know impact and being able to really show that uh, the learning is producing these results. Um, I also recently interviewed Dr. Will Tallheimer for the Leading Learning Podcast. So there we were talking about uh, improving smile sheets, really making them more performance focused. So really directing them to get at the impact of the learning. And plus, it's one of the themes for the symposium, because at the symposium, we talk about um, really helping individuals to drive the reach, revenue, and impact of their learning business. Yeah, so I mean, you know, top of mind for us right now, that really, I mean, this has been a theme that's run throughout our work for, for, for years now, something I wrote quite a bit about in uh, leading the learning revolution. And it seemed, you know, past time to actually sit down and, and talk about it in, in some detail uh, in a podcast. But, um, you know, as we embark on that, um, maybe we should talk a little bit about, you know, why it's so important right now because I think it has become more and more important. And I, I've personally felt that, you know, in, in the past few years, even the need to be able to demonstrate impact is, is much higher. Well, I think one of the obvious drivers of the need to demonstrate impact is, is just competition. There's increased competition. You know, we've, we've talked before, and I know, again, you wrote about it in Leading the Learning Revolution, you know, just this whole idea of how so many barriers have been uh, either reduced or eliminated. And so it's so much easier for uh, other organizations, for even just subject matter experts themselves to directly put out um, learning 
objects, learning opportunities. Um, and so we're really having to fight more for learners' attention and then, of course, too, for their, their wallet. I mean, you know, if they have limited time and money, you know, it's about making the case that we're the right place for you to spend your time and attention and your money. That's right. I mean, they want to know if it's going to, to move the dial, basically. And, and that's, that's really what we mean by impact is, you know, a learning experience actually creates a, a measurable change in knowledge, skill, behavior for that learner. And that that's something that you're able to actually track and be able to show over time. And you're going to need to be able to show it to learners, probably just as port- importantly, maybe even more importantly, in, in many instances, being able to show that to employers uh, who are, you know, of course, often the people who are funding uh, these learning experiences, making the t- decisions about whether their employees are going to participate or not. So to the extent that you can show that you are, in fact, making positive changes in skills, knowledge, behavior, uh, that you can show that impact you're going to be much, much more likely to have some claim over those budget dollars. And then, too, when we think about uh, associations and, and membership organizations, so many of them really have a mission to deliver uh, learning. And so if you can talk credibly about the impact that you're having on a field or an industry and can demonstrate that, I mean, it, it speaks directly to the reason uh, the association exists in the first place, speaks directly to the mission. And I think, too, that uh, we've reached a point now, this is another big reason why it's so important, um, is that uh, you can measure that. I mean, there are many, many more ways, mostly because of what technology has made possible for even uh, an organization with relatively limited means to leverage tools that are available on the web, on the internet, uh, through mobile technologies, to actually be able to track and assess whether learning has had an impact or not. So, you know, as it's more possible uh, for organizations to do that, more and more are going to take advantage of it. And kind of goes back to the first point around competition. We're going to see uh, more and more learning providers saying, hey, we do know how to move the dial on this particular body of knowledge, this particular set of skills, uh, this particular type of behavior, and we can show you that we did it. Well, so maybe this is a good place for for us to talk a little bit about some of the ways that organizations can measure the impact of the the learning that they're offering. Um, You know, I definitely see possibilities all along a spectrum that there can be, you know, more informal, uh, more kind of casual, less expensive ways to measure, all the way up to obviously very um, buttoned up, uh, highly professional, uh, serious longitudinal studies. Yeah, and I think on that informal end, you know, this is where social media offers so many opportunities. You know, a lot of organizations will attach a, a Twitter feed, a hashtag or whatever to their events or use, you know, social media in a variety of different ways. And those are tools for actually tracking impact. And, and you can, you know, get a social media dashboard going on something like a Hootsuite, um, for example, and track, you know, what, what is being said uh, at your events uh, about uh, the value that's being produced there. And you can help seed and, and facilitate that and prompt people to respond on, you know, specific issues, uh, to respond to what's happening in specific, you know, uh, classroom settings or whatever the learning experiences are. But tracking, you know, what's being said on social media, tracking how often uh, are experiences in, in, your, in your learning offerings being shared? How often are learning objects like videos and documents being shared and, and, and commented on? Um, and you know, this, is, this is very informal, uh, obviously, but it's, it's also really pretty easy to, to track um, and potentially to you know, uh, help facilitate more of that going on, because um, even by facilitating that kind of social communi- uh, communication, you're actually elevating the level of impact that you're potentially having out in your field. 
And I think that one thing to note there is that this is not, we're not saying just because you have X number of, of tweets, you know, around a particular conference that that necessarily, you know, tells you anything. I think it's about looking at um, the right. quality of those tweets, the, the kinds of things that's, that are being said, the kinds of things that are being shared, but it can give you this whole kind of a view that wasn't possible just, you know, a decade ago. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to do the analysis on it. Um, I mean, it brings to mind a, a, a project that um, I just referenced recently in a post on um, the, the future of hospitals and the Institute uh, Institute for the Future, I believe they're called, had, had done this project on the future of hospitals, and they actually used tweeting uh, or their form of, of tweeting as the mechanism for collecting input on that, and then they were able to analyze uh, those tweets. I mean, any organization can do similar types of things, and again, you know, as you're suggesting, you got to do the analysis on it. I mean, you're looking for, are people saying the types of things that we would hope they would be saying if they have, in fact, learned what we hoped they had learned? And, uh, you know, it's not rocket science to do that kind of analysis, and it's, and it's much more readily available now. So if we move uh, along our spectrum just a little bit, you know, there's a, a slightly more um, formal way of looking at impact that that we have used in a number of situations. This is the return on investment question. Um, and, and Jeff, this is one that I sort of consider your initial brainchild to maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how we phrase it and kind of the, the, the scale that we give people. Yeah, we, we started using this in, um, in market assessment work that we do with clients, and we now have applied it to ourselves uh, with, our, with our own events. And, you know, the question is basically some version of, you know, you, you, you can uh, initially pose, uh, if this is done by interview, it can be done by interview or survey. If you're doing it by interview, you know, you might ask people to define return on investment from a, a learning experience. So, you know, what would represent a, a very high return on investment for you? And then you say, okay, on a scale from one to 10, you know, how high did this particular learning experience or maybe a set of learning experiences from the organization perform? And you get that number. And then you, you repeat that over time. Um, you can also do that in, in, in a survey um, form where you are going to have to define a little bit what you mean by return on investment, but then say, okay, you know, what level of return on investment are you getting here? Again, track that over time. And that becomes a, a benchmark. Um, and, you know, it, it's good to focus in on particular learning experiences with it uh, rather than generically across all of your learning, um, though I think also having the, the, the broader question uh, to, to supplement the more narrow questions can be good. But, um, you know, the first time you go out and do that, uh, it can be very eye-opening, kind of where you fall on, on that scale, um, that kind of perception of your learners of how much impact you're actually having on them. Um, but then it gives you some ways to, to focus uh, over time and say, okay, what, what might we do then um, to improve our learning experiences, to better articulate the value in our learning experiences, to see if we're actually able to move that number over time that uh, we're getting back for return on investment. And so if we keep moving along the spectrum that we talked about and go up towards uh, even uh, more formal way to measure impact, um, you know, I think one place to start is just by making sure that the learning is being designed for impact. So meaning that you have specific outcomes there from the beginning. You know that there are specific areas of of performance that you want to be able to improve. And so you have then, you know, metrics in mind from the beginning and even then benchmarks for those metrics in terms of where you want to see people um, after they've gone through a learning experience. And so I, I think the point here is that if you really want to look at impact, you have to start with it 
in mind. It's not something you can sort of add after the fact, uh, at least not as as well as you can if you can start from the beginning. That's right. I mean, what what outcome are you trying to achieve? You know, whether that's a change in knowledge, a change in skill, a change in, in behavior or performance, and then what are the benchmarks uh, so that you're going to know that you've been able to do that? And then it's with those in mind that you, you design the appropriate uh, learning experiences to support that kind of change that, that you're trying to create. And, uh, you know, that sounds like a no-brainer um, on one level, but uh, for some reason, it's a connection that people often don't make. In fact, we, we had a question along these lines, or a statement really along these lines in, in the webinar we did on performance improvement. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody was asking or, or, or basically was saying, you know, I just want to improve my education experiences. I, I, I'm not I'm not really sure what that has to do with improving performance or some, I'm paraphrasing, but it was along those lines. And um, I think we were both a little taken aback uh, by that because, you know, you, as you're just saying, I mean, you start with the, with the change, the improvement that you're trying to make, and that should inform how you then design uh, the education that, that you're going to deliver if you actually want to have that desired impact. Yeah, I mean, I was at a loss because I'm not sure how you, what do you use as your guidance for how to improve a learning experience if you aren't really looking at the impact that it's having? I mean, you know, to me, then you get at all sorts of peripheral things that aren't that important. Like maybe it's the, it's the food you serve or the venue that it's at. But if, you know, if you're really looking to improve the learning, I think you have to look at the impact and and the performance that you're trying to change or improve. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to be, you know, stuck with the, the, the standard smile sheet type questions about, you know, did you like this uh, kind of thing? And I know you had a great conversation with uh, with Will Talheimer uh, around this recently and, and really looking at, you know, how evaluations as part of that learning design and, and ultimately supporting impact can be used much more effectively. Right. I mean, in the podcast uh, interview that I did with, with Will, I mean, you know, we looked in particular at his most recent book, Performance Focused Smile Sheets, where he's sort of saying, you know, we got to move away from these, you know, tertiary, you know, even fourth level things like, you know, was the food good and, you know, was your chair comfortable, you know, because that's not really what we're after in most cases. And so we need to be focused much more on that impact. And, and you know, he makes a, a point that we also know um, the the authors of Make It Stick um, point out, which is just this idea that, you know, if you're asking learners, did they like it, that tells you absolutely nothing about whether it was an effective learning situation because right. sometimes the most effective learning actually make learners uncomfortable. I mean, it's, it's requiring effort. It's maybe taking them out of their comfort zone. It's, um, you know, it's taxing them. Mm. And so often learners will, would rate that type of experience low you know, if you're asking them, did they like it? Mm-hmm. But it's actually producing, you know, a much more uh, impactful return on, you know, the learning experience than something that they do like. So I think that's an important thing to to note that it, it you know, again, we've really got to look not at what learners say they like, mm-hmm. but at what behavior or knowledge or uh, actions are actually changing. And, and I think that... Um you know, there's, there's a real need for a both a culture shift and a and kind of a leadership leadership shift. In that, I remember talking to somebody who's an education director for an, an association who was saying that, um, you know, what gets the uh, basically the audience approval, the likes, you know, I, I enjoyed it type stuff, are the motivational type speakers, and so they keep bringing in motivational type speakers rather than educational mm-hmm. um, type speakers because their audience is telling them they they like it, and and you know, and we're not arguing that you know people shouldn't like the learning experiences um, that uh, that they're participating in, but I would argue that you know. 
particularly as a as a an association or or a mission driven organization, I mean, part of your responsibility is to lead learning and to help elevate uh, the the learning, the knowledge in the profession. Um, and you know, at times that may mean that uh, it's not going to be the motivational speaker. It's going to be somebody who you know clearly does have. Uh, uh, well-designed educational type experience, but I think you know communicating that to the audience, um, helping uh, your members understand uh, what constitutes a, a, a education or a learning experience that's going to stick, um, and, and you know why that's important, and, and to create that sort of culture within the organization itself, but then you know more broadly across whoever the organization is, is serving. That's you know. Uh, learning is really what we're pursuing. It's not just the, the, the smile sheet type stuff. So let's go back to this, uh, you know, what does it actually look like to, to, um, look at impact and how can we measure it? And, and so we just were talking about, you know, what Will Tallheimer says about, you know, the, the inadequacy of, of your standard smile sheet. And so, you know, what do you do instead to really get at impact? And, and I think the, thinking about those evaluations that that most organizations do some type of evaluation after a learning experience. And so it's, I think, being in part just being more um, careful about how you structure those evaluations. Um, for one thing, rather than having it be sort of self-reporting on um, whether or not you learned something or whether or not you plan to apply something, it could just be doing something that's much more assessment based around the content of that learning experience. So rather than asking people if they learn something, you actually give them a scenario that's as close to the a real world scenario and, and see how they respond. And then, you know, you're, you're getting them to then test their knowledge and you're getting a much more uh, accurate indication of whether or not that learning helped them then in this um, real world situation. Yeah, and I think there there tends to be a reluctance on the part of providers of adult lifelong learning to do assessment at all. Um, it tends to happen more in the online world, I think, um, or at least in the self-paced online world. But for your average, you know, live place-based event or for your average webinar, there's going to be no assessment afterwards. And I think there's this assumption that adult, adults won't like that. I mean, we go back again to the smile sheet um, stuff, you know, we're just here to entertain and, and motivate and, and not necessarily to, you know, actually give uh, an accessible learning experience. But I think most adults um, do actually appreciate knowing whether they have learned something or not, and whether they might have, you know, something else to do to master a particular knowledge, skill, or behavior, if they actually uh, care about it. Um, well, I think again, it gets down to how is it designed. I mean, I think actually, I think a lot of people really like uh, assessments if they're presented in a certain light. I mean, you know, all the quizzes and magazines, or you go out and find out what your, you know, your your personality type right, is, yeah. or you know, clearly there's there's something that people like about that. So I think it is about you know, if it doesn't just feel like an empty multiple choice question right. that's, you know, designed for sixth graders or something, if it feels like this really is sufficient to the adult learner that you're dealing with, I think then they tend to take it seriously. And I think, you know, a couple other places where organizations can probably improve is around the number of uh, evaluations. So having more of a pre and post learning intervention um, uh, evaluation so that then you can get a sense of, okay, this was sort of the baseline going in, and then here's where we've seen change going out. And then I think another place where a lot of organizations can improve is is not necessarily asking just after the learning intervention, but doing it you know a couple days after, and then maybe a couple weeks or a couple months after. But if you're really looking 
to create um, a long-term change, you know, you need to not just assess right away when it's top of mind for the learner and the learner is going to probably do better than if you're um, asking her again a, a few weeks or months out. So again, if you're really looking for the impact, you're going to have to not be afraid of, of finding out that there is the the forgetting that happens. And so it's going to be about if once you see that, what can we do to support the learners on that ongoing basis? Right. And, and we should be clear, you know, I, we're not arguing that you do this on every single learning experience that you create. You know, we know a lot, a lot of listeners are probably groaning right now and saying, I have no resources to, to do this kind of thing. But I mean, this should be a priority and there should be at least a, a subset of your learning experiences where you do undertake some uh, targeted efforts at, at measuring impact. Um, you know, and again, as we said, there, there are ranges. So, you know, starting with that formal, let's track what's, you know, being set out there, what's being shared. Um, let's do you know, the, the somewhat more formal ROI type question up to, you know, let's really design against performance improvement and outcomes. Let's use evaluations effectively. Let's use assessments effectively. You know, you'll probably engage across that spectrum just depending on what the learning activity it is. But, you know, try to have one or two uh, at least where you really are doing a concerted uh, effort to measure the impact because uh, a you know you want to have that impact um, but B you know once you've done that uh, you can start telling your audience about it and I think there's probably nothing that sells education better in fact we know this from our own um, surveying of many many lifelong learners at, at this point that uh, they like to know that they're participating or, or, or you know if they're making a decision about whether to participate in an educational event or not, they want to know that it uh, has some sort of proven uh, record of, of improving performance or improving knowledge or, or improving skills. So this all becomes part of your marketing. Absolutely. So the, your uh, impact, your look at impact um, goes right to your mission and it becomes part of your marketing. It becomes part of how you um, improve your learning offerings over time. I mean, so this data and this information that you're co collecting through Impact really feeds into many different avenues, all very essential for your organization. And that's really why it comes back to that one word, impact. I mean, it's embedded in everything. It really informs uh, uh, not just your educational uh, strategy and operations, but really everything that the organization is capable of doing. So we're we're obviously big on impact, um, and uh, you know as we're winding down here, uh, we want to mention again uh, an event uh, that we're having that has impact as one of its major themes, and that is our fall leading learning symposium. And again, that's an event for senior leaders at uh, organizations in the business of lifelong learning. So people who are really charged with the you know, strategic and, and, and financial aspects of their lifelong learning business, but also obviously are very much concerned with that business having a, an impact in the field or industry that they're serving. And again, to get information about that, you can go to symposium.leadinglearning.com. We'd also like to thank Com Partners again for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and giving us the opportunity to have this conversation about impact. To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 42. And while you're there, you will see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of the podcast, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe. 
And we say it every time, but we would also be grateful if you'd take a minute just to give us a, a rating over on iTunes. And you can do that very easily by going to leadinglearning.com forward slash iTunes. Uh, it doesn't take long to do, and it really helps others find uh, the podcast, makes it kind of bubble up there in the uh, iTunes algorithm. So we'd really appreciate it if you take a minute to do that. And it's sort of an ROI look at the podcast. It's our way of seeing some of the impact of the that, podcast. That's right. Our own piece of data about impact. So finally, consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick another social network of your preference and spread the word that way. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.